You're listening to the Code with Intent podcast, where we explore real-world software projects. And now your host, Rick Hernandez. Hello, everyone. This is episode two for the Code with Intent podcast for Wednesday, August 12, 2015. In this podcast, I'm going to be interviewing Nestor Hugo de Aoro, CEO and co-founder of Riggs. We'll be covering how their startup is disrupting the automotive industry here in Mexico. Just to provide you some context of how I met Nestor, uh, currently I'm visiting here in Guadalajara, Mexico. We are both part of a co-working space located here in Guadalajara uh, named Hacker Garage, and we have come to become close friends talking and discussing about our startups. Since I will be leaving back to the States, I decided to do this podcast and hopefully bring some value to you guys. Uh, since this is my very first podcast where I have a guest on, this episode is going to differ from the last, meaning that the language could possibly change between Spanish and English, sometimes even mixing both. So without further ado, uh, this is Nestor. Thanks so much for being here on the show. Uh, so just to provide somebody that's going to be listening to the episode a little bit of feedback on on, on what Riggs is and who you are and yeah. what your background is, uh, can you give a little bit of intro of just who you are? Yeah, actually, well, uh, absolutely. Uh, well, it's kind of fun because in the beginning um, I was studying industrial engineer here in Guadalajara. And one, uh, you know, school his name is uh, Technological for Monterrey Campus Guadalajara. Uh, I'm industrial engineer, but uh, this is my professional background. But uh, suddenly I start to program because in the beginning we were having a tech co-founder. He he was developing the first version of Rigs. But suddenly he discovered that a startup is not easy stuff. So it was quite challenging for him because he, he was a brilliant guy. He know more a lot of tech uh, technology and he learned fast than a normal person. But uh, he has not this specific, you know, passion for doing something. So we were having a couple of problems with him. And we suddenly decide that we have two paths. One of them was killing the startup because we didn't have money for hiring someone. There actually was three paths. The second one was uh, found a technical co-founder, but we were ha having a bad experience. We, we were working with five technology person, but uh, we, we didn't have money to, to pay them. So it, it was like a ask for someone to be a co-founder but uh, they say, okay, where's the money? And we say, we didn't have money. We have, we want to create this specific tele technology and solution for bring money to the company because we didn't have investment. So they say, oh, okay, but uh, they, they, they start to work on it. And after a couple of months, they, you know, they, they, they're leaving the company. So the third path, and actually the, the path that we decided to talk on was to learn how to code. So I started to learn uh, HTML, jQuery, CSS. Uh, it was really complicated for me because I didn't have the technical background. So I started, uh, th there's some platforms that was not successfully or well, were not good for me, good enough for me, like Code Academy. There's a good platform, but for me it was not really useful because I didn't have a background. So I started learning how to program specific for starting some for projects. Uh, let me give you an example. Um, the first project I started to work on was to find an automobile that fits for one specific year 
and then one specific make. That was my first project. So I started to dig in how to make, uh, you know, uh, uh, a quick search using my SQL, something like that. So I learned, uh, I learned how to code in, in creating something in small projects because I didn't think, okay, I want to create this search engine technology and work everything. No, I started to work in small steps. So that was my beginning background. And that was three years ago. And I, I first, we create a, ser a search engine for uh, looking auto parts retailer. That was the, the first project. Right. And, yeah. And then we suddenly found that this search engine uh, technology was not really helpful for the market because the market need an auto part first before a retailer. So we discovered that we need to specialize our search engine technology first for auto parts and then for retailers. So that's the way we pivot the idea and we focus 100% how to improve the search engine technology for auto parts. And that's the path that we have followed for the last three years because we discovered that in, actually we discovered that specific uh, problem six months after we start to developing the search engine for retailers. So uh, that's my, my background. Uh, suddenly we, we create the search engine technology for auto parts and then one, actually two wholesalers was interested in our technology and, and they say, okay, I want to access the information that you have. I want to pay, pay you for that. And we internally didn't have this specific infrastructure, so we need to create an API. And that's, and we start to, you know, searching uh, where we, uh, a specific technology for providing information. And well, I'm not a tech guy, so I discovered that RESTful API was the best architecture for us to create a, uh, this, uh, this solution. And, and I started searching and found that Python wa was having a really cool uh, API, Flask API. It is actually Flask API uh, framework. And I started digging in and, and suddenly I found that Google App Engine has a, a custom solution that you just upload your application and they take a charge of everything, the server and load balancer, something like that, because we are a small team. So we focus 100%. Great. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of information. Thanks so much for sharing. Yeah. Um, there's definitely, your, your story is really interesting. Okay, thank and, you. Uh, I really want to probably uh, focus a little bit more before we get into more of the actual mechanics of how yeah. you're running your startup and everything yeah. like that. Because just just the intrinsic motivation of you actually wanting to do a startup, is, right. it's pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm here and kind of talking to you because uh, that's just really motivating to actually see that actually happening here in Mexico. Yeah. And for you just to be, uh, to take that whole point of having an idea and going from an idea to actually developing a product. That's right. And, and that's building what, a company also. 
Yeah. Right, and building a whole entire company yeah. along with that. And I believe that a lot of my readers do want to take that path to either developing their own projects, yeah. that if that's creating a library, yeah. or if that's um, creating their own product. That's right. So yeah. uh, I actually want to just see if you can give me a little bit of uh, uh, what's your input if you, on your challenges that you had when you originally started programming. Yeah. And if the language barrier was, uh, did, if that made it more, even more difficult to learn to program per se in Python or whatever. Yeah, actually, uh, in the beginning was challenging for me to how to code in PHP. So I started digging home. Okay, I want to learn how to code successfully in PHP. That was the first step. And then I suddenly found that uh, it was, it, I had not the, the right uh, time that said, okay, I found Python really successful. But uh, after seeing one course of MIT, they have uh, open courses. Mm -hmm. And um, in the beginning, I was interested to know the best uh, operations, uh, the best uh, system code. Programming language? Programming language, sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry. Uh, the best programming language. So I started digging up and say, some of them, Node.js. Uh, some of them say Python, uh, PHP, and for me it was really interesting to find that Python is easy to learn, easy to code, and easy to interact with them. For example, the the first uh, in the beginning we were uh, in introduce auto parts information manually, and then we up, uh, upgraded and then semi automatically because someone was typing in a in a web in a website information for auto parts and say this car applies for this uh, specific part number so that was two years ago but as suddenly we 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 start to think okay we need to, to have a lot of money to hire a lot of person to introduce a lot of information so right. that was the problem and the and we start to dig in solutions to that and we found the automatic task will be more easily, faster, and, and actually more accurate than that, that people inserting information uh, manually. So I started to search in that. I found that Python has a, has a console that you could type information on it. And uh, when you type it, you say, okay, you, you want you grab this information and then processing and put information in your platform. So I found, okay, it's interesting. I could obtain information from websites, processing, and then put the information that I want. You know, I obtain a, 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 a block information, and then I extract some information out of it, and the information I want, I put in my, in my platform. So I found Python really interesting because in PHP, you had to, pro, to, to run a, a, a program, and then this program could not be stopped. They finish them. Okay, you could not interact as a user, but with Python, yes, because they obtain information and they they process it and they say, okay, I have this information. What do you want? I want uh, what uh, what step I need to follow. So I put, okay, you go and check this information and this, and, and and I type it as a user. So for me, it was really helpful to start in Python. So I totally start. A, yeah, that's yeah. very interesting. Um, there's yeah. there's there's definitely a lot of articles online that that claim to tell you what the best language is that's to right. start yeah. this or that. But yeah. I, I completely agree with you there. It, it definitely depends on the problem that you're trying to solve. That's right. That's right. And um, depend on the projects that you're working on and your. Uh, I'm not. Uh, you know, 
Uh, there's a lot of technical guys who say PHP is the best programming language and I'm not to <laughs> move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not the type, uh, that type of guy. I, uh, I'm listening. For example, it was really interesting because I have a, a bunch of problems with my SQL in the, in the last six months because uh, I, was, I was having problems because our database was growing, growing, growing. And, and people say, okay, I want to obtain this information and this, this one, and the information was in different tables, different databases. And we have a problem with, you know, obtaining information and maxing because everything has to be, has to have a, you know, a specific schema and blah, blah, blah. And we were having problems with the query speed. Some of them took two to, to four seconds. It's a lot of time for a query. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, there's one guy that I met in Starbucks once time. He was telling me that a lot of, uh, you know, uh, benefits for using MongoDB. And I didn't, I didn't hear about it. So I started digging out and say, okay, MongoDB is a no SQL um, technology. Let me, let me try. And I, I create a small project that makes the first step of our technology to find the auto parts for one specific year of vehicle. And I do that in that specific query took in, in my SQL 2.5 seconds. Because mm -hmm. there's, we have in uh, 4.5 million uh, combinations of cards with auto parts. Right. So it's a, for us, it's a lot of information. So that specific search took us 2.5 in, in my SQL. But when we make the same action in NoSQL, that took 0.2 seconds. That's really interesting that you mentioned. Um, yeah, the same, the same, the same, yeah. the same operation with different technology. So for us, it was really more interesting to create something in new SQL, actually in MongoDB, because uh, our information change uh, it's not changing a lot, but we need to put more information and then uh, delete some information because we are we are making experiments. Right, right. Yeah, so when you have something structured, it's complicated for creating uh, small, uh, small and fast experiments. Because you first you need to planificate and then to create that. And when you want to change that, you have to restructure everything. But I was not so clear was really good for us because we could change everything. Yeah, that, that's one of the cool things about MongoDB is that's that right. it's that it's schemaless. So you, right. there's no more migrations that you have to worry about. That's right. Uh, yeah. Importing those. Uh, if you guys come with the Rails background, that's a big pain in the, in the headache <laughs> trying to make that all happen. And with um, yeah. with MongoDB, you can just pretty much alter the schema yeah. even afterwards when you actually needed it to do something completely different. Yeah. And for it to still be able to function, so that's that's pretty cool that you're actually using uh, NoSQL in an actual production environment. Because a lot of my readers do really enjoy uh, the NoSQL movement and definitely building apps that way. Yeah. So um, I recommend one hundred percent. You recommend one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. My personal point of view. Yeah. Uh, did you have a hard transition switching from a SQL database to a non-SQL database as far as? Uh, the syntax that was involved from going from uh, more of a select yeah. start from to an actual more object oriented way where you actually got an object and you were be able to store that object on the database directly. Yeah, uh, actually, I was having a problem in the beginning because my mind thinking SQL format, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I suddenly found the NoSQL format was okay. Oh. Where is the where is the connection? Where is okay, where 
where is the part that I put this information uh, in the same way as SQL format. So in the beginning it was really challenging for me to say, okay, what's the best way to put this way, to put the information inside the cards or outside the cards? And uh, I was starting, actually I had to rebuild everything twice. <laughs> because yeah. I, I, I made uh, one uh, a small uh, structure, one a small schema, and create some tests on it, and then I suddenly found that was not uh, the best way to do that. So I uh, put everything in scratch. That's one of my advices. Sorry, I just want to pause in this moment, but I want, it's a small, it's a, a, an advice for me to all the developers, not be too much engaged for your code. In the, to yeah, throw yeah, away. Yeah. yeah, you have to throw away. Yeah. Yeah, and say, okay, I want to maintain the 50%, 60% because I worked so too hard to create that. Yeah, you have worked too hard to create that, but uh, sometimes you need to uh, throw everything to the trash because that's the best, uh, the, because the, there's some other ways to create a better code and um, if you are, uh, you know, I don't know the word for that, but uh, you are married. Married, yeah. You're married to it. The first attempt, uh, you will fail with your experiment. So, yes, yeah. I definitely agree with you there. Um, there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of dogs here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, you know, it's it's interesting because in a hackerspace. Uh, there's no a lot of rules like uh, enterprise buildings. Right. Yeah, you know we are we have we have a, a a good place. We have a pool. So for us it's interesting because we have dogs uh, in enterprise, but you cannot go, go for a, a place like that. It's part of the innovation because you don't have a specific structure in your mind. Exactly. And that's, and that's exactly. a good part of hackerspace. Okay. But, uh, uh, you know, as I, yeah, I, I was saying, I would just, <laughs> I just wanted to make the point as of, uh, of, uh, developers marrying their code and, That's right, and, yeah. and their ego not allowing them to say, to be able just to trash and start over. That's right. And yeah. this is, this is where you start seeing like a lot of the legacy systems that grow yeah. to large amounts of code bases where there comes a point where it's even cheaper just to throw it all away and start yeah. over again. That's right. Suggesting that you, you start something without a plan. Yeah, I'm not saying that, but uh, I'm saying that sometimes the plan fail and you need to start over. Exactly. And you you could start without fear. Yeah, right. that's my best advice. And and answer you giving my final uh, comments about the no SQL and SQL for me was right now it's more easy to create that in no SQL format because there is sometimes that I need to put information, more information that was expected in the past. And right now for me, it's more faster because you say, okay, perfect. Let's uh, delete all these uh, keys for the specific documents. And then we need to put this one uh, more. So we, we suddenly put more information without, you know, af uh, you know affecting, I think the word for that, but affecting the database. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's, that's one of the many flexibilities that MongoDB offers is yes, right. just to 
be able to go in there and add more data without disrupting the other data that's currently existing there. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, now, my other question that I have for you is, is um, what, what project do you currently have or you're excited about that you're going to be currently be working on, yeah. that you're currently working on right now or you plan to be working on in the future? Actually, I'm working in this moment. Well, we were working in Rigs to create uh, the first marketplace in, in Mexico and for auto parts. Uh, what does the marketplace entail or uh, what's yeah. involved? The objective and the vision of this marketplace will be to consolidate different suppliers uh, people who buy, who's, who, sorry, who sell auto parts in one spot. So people could go for a website. Uh, this website is marifaction.com.mx and find the, the auto parts for their car and then find the different suppliers that you could purchase this auto part. Like, uh, let me give you an idea, like Alibaba for auto parts because we are consolidating different vendors in one spot. And this sounds really simple. You put people who wants to, to buy auto parts in one place. There is one, one group of people who wants to buy, to sell the auto parts in the other place, but it's not that easy. To create that in the auto parts system in Mexico is quite challenging because you need first to invest to create a search engine technology to simplify the process of searching auto parts. We were working on that in three years. So in right now we have the, the, you know, the knowledge, the technology and the algorithm to simplify the process for people who wants to buy auto parts. And right now we have found that people from different parts of Mexico wants to buy auto parts because it's complicated for them to obtain that. And that's why we are creating the, the marketplace and we are really passionate and motivated to, to create it. Yeah. It, is, it almost sounds like um, everything you've been working up to is like leading up to that project. That's right. Actually, it, it's going to sound crazy. <laughs> uh, like, uh, okay, that, that guy is goofing me, but uh, I'm not. I, I was uh, thinking in this marketplace three years ago. I want to put everything in one website because I found uh, Alibaba, Amazon, I found really interesting. And I want, uh, I want to create a three years ago uh, searching, uh, searching auto parts and seeing what's the retailer you could buy it in the beginning. But uh, was, it was not the right time for us because mm -hmm. we didn't have the technology, we didn't have the experience, we didn't have the, you know, the technical background. It's complicated to create that. It's not that easy to say, okay, I want to put some lines of code and well, I will create a marketplace so easy. No, it was not easy for us. Maybe in some developed countries like uh, United States, like uh, Europe, it's more easy to create a marketplace because the companies already have the information. But with you have the information, you have to create it. And we have created uh, during these last three years. And that's why we are disrupting the auto parts in, in Mexico because there is no companies working in the same with the, in the same problem than the way we are working at. What do you think that is? Uh, is it just because they don't have enough interest on that problem? Or? I think is uh, for my personal point of view is too challenging. It's too challenging. Yeah, because there is no one interested in solving that because the wholesalers want to sell the auto parts that they have. 
the retailers want to sell the auto parts and they obtain the, the automobile parts from the wholesalers. But uh, no, no one is, is motivated to create that. I want to simplify the buying process for the entire industry. Mm. Someone is, uh, the people is, is uh, they, they, they take care of their companies, but not the entire industry. And the automobile associations, auto parts association here in Mexico, they are not interested in solving that. That's why I, uh, in the beginning I was a start to create that with uh, Jorge, which is my co-founder, because I was part of the retailer industry for auto parts during eight years. I started working in a small retailer uh, in, with my dad because he owned that. In uh, my vacations and my spare time, I worked it since I was 15. Uh, but in that, in that time, I didn't have the, you know, the, the, the I. Well, I don't know the word for that in English, but uh, with the, I, I didn't have in that time the, the entrepreneur I to find mm. the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in the beginning was the same problem again and again and again. Um, there's done some points that people say, that's the way it is. Deal it's, with it's it. It's always been done this way. Just deal it's, with it. It's, it want to yeah. be the same problem forever. But for me, it's not. Right. I say, okay, we, there is some better way to simplify that. Let's create that, simplify this process. And that was the, the motivation, the beginning to create the, this technology and this company also. That sounds really exciting. Yeah. And it sounds <laughs> it's really interesting. <laughs> it sounds like a really interesting problem. And, and especially because of, of the background that you hold yeah. and your interest in that, I think that's going to be one of the reasons why you learn Python. Yeah. Actually, my motivation was I have the, you know, it's a combination in between a technical background, a business background, and also a, a problem background. I could not solve this problem if I not uh, was experienced that in the beginning. Right. Yeah, there is some, well, my, my advice to all of the audiences, work in something you have experienced because I could not solve the problem from, I don't know, uh, beverage industry. Right. Because I didn't experience the beverage industry problems, but I have experienced the auto parts industry problem in Mexico. That's why I could, uh, we could work on something that's solving problems. And the best way to know if you are solving problem is if someone is using your stuff and buying something for you. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a really good point. Um, specifically, uh, I just want to bring back the, the, the issue of motivation because yeah. a lot of people find it really difficult to learn to program. That's right. Yeah. Uh, especially somebody that has a background from a third world country like India, for say. That's right, yeah. Um, or other places like Guatemala, yeah. uh, where they're coming into learning to program, but they don't necessarily have a project they want to work on, That's but they right. want to learn to program just to make their life a lot better. Uh -huh. um, so I guess that would be a really good takeaway is to find a problem that you want to solve. That's right. And and that's going to be the, the motivation that's going to push you towards um, learning that programming language or getting past that 300-page book or, you know, getting out there and actually writing um, some serious code. Yeah, actually, in, um, uh, in the beginning, I was programming, 
I think 16 to 14 to 16 hours a day because oh yeah yeah, yeah. That it's is a lot, lot. Of, yeah it's a lot of a lot of time invested on it but uh, I think I didn't succeed if I was not really interested in solving this problem so for me it was okay I have not the business background I have the business background but I have not the the technical background right. two years ago and some people told me you will not learn how to code and yeah. I, and and I say thank you to that person because they give me the, the motivation to work on it. Right. Because there is no impossible to learn how to code. Right. There is no impossible. You just, not, you just, just need the just motivation. Takes, it interest. takes the time That's and, right. yeah, and yeah, the yeah. problem and, That's and, right. and you, you have will, to put in the effort to do it. You will succeed. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a lot of uh, this. I think I think that's one of the reasons why these articles are, um, especially these. Uh, there's a lot of boot camps that are popping up in the U.S. where they go, "Oh, we'll show you how to program in yeah. three weeks." Yeah, that's right. Um, but in reality, it's going to take you a whole lot more time. Mm -hmm. Although they will help, they won't necessarily get you to where you want to go. So it's really important to. Um, to again have that problem you want to solve and be willing to put in those 16 hours a day yeah. every day That's right. for months and months um, yeah you can learn how to code in three weeks and you can start to learn but you could not learn 100 percent in that small amount of time exactly yeah this is not 100 100 meters run this is a marathon so every day i'm i'm learning something different i'm learning uh, from other technical guys how to program and I know their their specific skills in one specific uh, operation uh, and programming language and uh, I I heard about how how they apply this uh, you know your uh, your knowledge and I hear how how they successfully apply something for solving a problem and I start to investigate and say, okay, how to apply the same principle to my company. Let me give you a, a, an idea. Uh, there's one guy who, who created automatic uh, Twitter post. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, every, I don't know how much time, I think every 30 minutes or every hour. And that person obtained the information from different sources and then he put the information in their tweet. And I found really interesting, and I, I think how I'm, how are I going to apply this same principle to Rick's company? Right. And I found that I could do the same stuff, but with different perspective because we are posting uh, articles we want to sell in Twitter every two hours. We have applied the same idea, but with different uh, with different back with different perspective. And using different technology because we, uh, I have programmed this in Python. So every two hours, there's one script running a server to execute this uh, Python uh, code, and then we uh, put uh, we tweet uh, a specific uh, information for our website to our audience, and we are going to work and in Facebook also. That that's really interesting that you say that yeah. because. Uh, more and more as time goes by, uh, you have to have the skills and 
the right mindset to start automating a lot of things. That's right, yeah. And it sounds like you really got a grasp of this concept of automation, automate, yeah. automate, automate. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of ways to automate. Um, you're obviously doing the one that's the easiest and most funnest to do from my point of view, which is the programming <laughs> one. Uh, I've also dealt a little bit into the automation world as far as automating things. Yeah. Because the more you automate, the more you can leverage yourself to getting more things done. That's right, and you could, you could invest your time in some other task. For example, uh, we automate to create a back for back, sorry, for backup for MongoDB mm -hmm. every day at 4 a.m. So, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> we put a script in, in our servers. So every, every day of our 4 a.m., we are <coughs> create an automatic ba uh, backup for MongoDB and send it to Amazon S3. Very so cool. in, in the past, I was having a problem because there's one time I, I, I lost two weeks of, of work because I didn't backup every day my, my, SQL, uh, my SQL information. Right. So I think I will not, I, I have to, to have a, a task reminder if I, if I need to create a manual backup every day. Right. So I think I will not, I'm not going to remember every day to create a backup. Let's, mm -hmm. let's put a, a, a computer to create that for me. So, so that's why I'll, <clears throat> I'll create these automatic backups. So that's really interesting that you mentioned that um, because <laughs> in, in the past, that was actually somebody's job. Yeah. That was a sysadmin's job that they actually had to do that That's where right. they actually get the backup, they back it up, either if that goes off to another server or if that goes off to a tape uh, or another hard drive or whatever it might be. That's right. But that's really interesting that um, that you're more, it, all, it almost seems like to me like you're doing like 10 to 15 people's jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and two people, right? That's like right, two, yeah. two of you guys, right? And you guys are, are leveraging you guys' self so much that you're actually getting all this other stuff done. Like, for example, you just created uh, the, the Twitter yeah. automation task, uh, tweet um, task thing with Twitter. Yeah. So that's a really good point. You just pretty much hired a personal marketing director of <laughs> yeah. of tweets right yeah, and that's yeah. actually somebody else's job as well yeah actually we're not thinking to you know to substitute like uh, uh no but, for but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i understand your point of view we we want to maximize the the job with the minimum uh budget so we are not substituting someone job well, but we are simplified the job for that person. Exactly. Yeah. So, for example, let's say when you when you when you do grow enough to a large enough scale, you can go ahead and bring in that marketing director. That's right. He's not going to be spending his time tweeting. Mm -hmm. He's going to be spending his time in more valuable um, tasks. That's right. We're making that research, how to you know to create some tweets that engage people, and actually tweet someone is a waste of time in my point of view. The best time is to make something valuable like research and create a strategy to create a, a tweet campaign. The tweet, the tweet specific action could be automatically created. Yeah. 
that's a really good point of view. <coughs> well, it looks like we've been going on here for almost uh, 45 minutes. Wow, a lot of time. <laughs> uh, I want to go ahead and, and, and thank Nestor so much for taking time out of his busy schedule. Um, and thank to you talk, for inviting me. To talking about a bunch of different cool things here. Uh, it was really uh, an interesting point of view to talk about uh, where his startup is going. And I can't wait to see where they're at, at one, two years from now. Thanks so much. Thank you so much.